Hi, today we're going to be discussing digital citizenship. My name is Christy Cramp. I teach third grade English language arts. I'm joined by Atala Howard and Mike Gears. Hi, I'm Atala Howard and I teach seventh and eighth grade in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. As you may know, kids live for the internet and being able to access anything at their fingertips can give students the ability to say and be whomever they want to be. And in some cases, it's not cool. Hi, I'm Mike Gears. And yes, I teach middle school science in Marion, Iowa. We currently have about 300 students per grade in our building and a slightly larger number per grade in our other middle school. This is a great topic right now because we'll be a full one-to-one -one building next year. With more digital access comes more student responsibilities. Digital citizenship responsibilities are important for everyone who uses the internet. Discussions regarding protecting passwords and personal information should begin at a very young age. I teach my third grade students what they can, they can do to prevent someone from using their passwords. I also talk to them about why they should protect their personal information anytime they're online. I know that you guys teach older students. Mike, would you like to tell us about your classroom experiences teaching responsibilities of being a good digital citizen? Well, at our school, we have a number of digital badges that teachers can earn, but the only one that is required for all teachers is the Google Digital Citizenship and Safety Badge. That way we can discuss and teach those topics with students when they use the internet and other digital tools. During the first week of school, all seventh and eighth grade students have a digital citizenship lesson. During one of their language arts classes, they go to the media center where our media specialist and our technology instructional coach teach them about digital citizenship and safety. Some of those topics that they go through include the use of passwords, making sure you sign off computers correctly, especially if you use them in public, uh, doing your privacy settings, uh, making sure you lock your devices, mainly your phones, and uh, being careful about what you download to the computers, being careful of what you post on public Wi-Fi, especially trying to use things that have passwords. Uh, real big on how to do reliable searches and looking for reliable sources of information. Uh, also, phishing and scams, mostly on email. And then the biggie, social media etiquette. Does anybody else have dedicated lessons that they use for your kids? Definitely, Mike. I sure do. Um, the main thing as far as the social media etiquette is the having the students in our classroom be held accountable for what they post online. Behind the screen and on their phones, some students morph from their angelic selves into unknown beings, and they post inappropriate comments about teachers and students. They make videos threatening physical harm and even post fights that happen outside of school, all without a thought not even realizing the consequences that come from something they think is so innocent. In our school, if you do it online, you're held accountable for it in regards as if you do it in person. It sounds harsh, but the students have to learn that there are consequences. And with them being less, with them being older and less than five years away from being an adult, they don't want things to come back when they're applying for jobs, college, et cetera. Oh, that is so true. But it can be really difficult to get students to understand how their actions affect others and even that there could be lasting consequences. Um, it's hard for adults to even understand that. I don't know if you guys heard, but I live in Oklahoma. And this past weekend, there was actually a Tulsa police officer fired um, based on his Facebook posts. He had some inappropriate posts. Some of them were like five and six years old. And he had uh, he was fired for that. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> Um, a couple of resources that I found that I use in the classroom include Innerland and then Common Sense Education. 
Interland, I think, is great for younger students. It kind of resembles a video game, and then it gives the students tips to online safety, including those ones that Mike mentioned earlier um, with the passwords and the, the searching and the and the uh, footprint, social media, media and things like that. Um, I know that Common Sense Education provides detailed lesson plans that teachers can actually implement in the classrooms. They're not technology-based necessarily, but they are, talk about the digital citizenship, and they do things that you can implement all the way out through high school. Yeah, it's just... This is uh, part of uh, ISTE stuff, just to know that Inderland was awarded the seal of alignment by the International Society for Technology Instruction Education, ISTE. Oh, well, also, that. Google. Pardon? I said I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and then after they developed that, Google has uh, some free online training courses around digital literacy and citizenship for teachers to use with students. There's six units, and it's called Staying Safe in the Wild Wild Web. Hmm. Yeah, I think I dabbled with that. I went and did the Google certification uh, course this summer, and I, I've kind of played around with that just a little, but I haven't used it in my classroom yet at all. I kind of seem to always fall back on inter Interland because my students ask to do it. They like it. Probably the format being video game-ish. Um, like, that's kind of like they, why they like it, I think. Well, in science class specifically, some of the typical issues we have when we're using the Internet is that uh, – with some of the tools, we turn the chat feature off to keep the kids on task, but the kids still mess around with the Google chat sometimes. Most of it is just goofing around and saying, hey, what's up? But sometimes there are inappropriate comments made about other students, and I don't know why, but their name's right next to it, so of course we have to deal with that. Other issues include the typical stuff like trying to listen to songs, playing computer games, not as much of a safety issue, but yeah, being a good student and digital citizen, you have to stay focused and on task. There's times to do that stuff, but not really during my class. Our school firewall in our building, compared to some other districts around, is pretty tight and blocks a lot of websites, blocks a lot of YouTube videos, and pretty much blocks out a ton of spam and phishing from student emails. Yeah, the issues of YouTube and playing video games is definitely a problem for my lower grades, too. Um, our district actually blocks a lot of that out like yours does. We use a Clever, which is a single sign-on platform that's supposed to um, even prevent even more students from doing anything else because it doesn't really give them the freedom to use the searches. So it kind of prevents them from accessing a lot of content that we don't really want them to access. So it does help when the lower get uh, the lower grades for sure. Yeah, I know Atala mentioned some of those things, that, and Christy did too, about issues that happen out of school, especially related to social media, but uh, other stuff out there? Yeah, with our older students, they found ways to even bypass those strict firewalls and clever single sign-on access sites, and they go on things like YouTube to watch videos and find themselves listening to music as opposed to completing their assignments. Social media plays a big part in it, too. Students use sites like Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat to make threads, name call, and even have their Mean Girl Club meetings. And the need to be popular, to be in the know, to be cool or quote-unquote about that life is not worth messing up their image, even if it's electronically. What you do in cyberspace affects real space and real people, and our students, no matter the grade level, have to know that they will be held accountable for what they do, even if it's on the Internet. Yeah, I haven't really experienced that problem with cyberbullying in my classroom, probably because my students are younger and their parents are kind of still watchful of what they're doing online. 
Um, the problem, though, I do find, and I'm sure you guys do too, is that parents are just not as tech savvy as, as their children are anymore. I mean, right. they don't realize that games like with the chat access and um, that they can actually use those games to bully each other. Like Fortnite, I've been hearing about that for years, and I had no idea it was a shooting game with a live access to chatting. The people, people can they get these kids, seven and eight year olds, can chat with people they don't even know. That's crazy. Right. I'm totally shocked about that. Um, I mean, most districts across the country are really starting to be proactive in this. I think a lot of it is they know that kids are better than than adults at this point on these things. And so I know that they're being proactive when it comes to teaching digital citizenship. Um, it's, a, it's a curriculum across all grades. And I'm hoping that, you know, if I do my job, maybe uh, with the younger ones, when they get to you guys, it'll be a little easier for you guys to be able to uh, focus on some some larger issues that we may not have in the in the lower grades. We are engaged. The end, both teachers and students need to be educated in digital citizenship. We can also model good digital behaviors for our students, just like we model good classroom behaviors for them. We need them to understand at an early age what happens online doesn't always stay online. Awesome. It was nice visiting with you guys today. Yay. Yeah, I thought it was great. I finished. Thanks. That was awesome. <laughs>